0: this special edition episode of Classroom and Culture.
1: But right now in the crisis, I mean, they're looking at, okay, what do we do for for the rest of the semester? Um,
0: And they're having to make these decisions in sometimes a week, sometimes two weeks. We'd like to say that we can complement those. Like if you still want to uh, meet together using Zoom or Skype or whatever, you can do that. But we have the capability of actually allowing kids to access documents. Uh, Teachers can upload uh, notes, custom notes that they've made in class around these different things. Students and teachers can upload multimedia so you can do videos and you can do pictures and memes and all these different things along with your resources. So I think the Epic solution can be a really great complement to these other things, if not a standalone. I showed him in
1: three steps basically how he can take external video material, um, and showed him how he can just push that and push that into the lesson plan for the day um, In five minutes have that content in front of the students. So it's, it's set up in such a way to where that content is instantly delivered. Um, the stu- It's right in front of the student's face and the teacher doesn't have to go through 500 hoops um, notifying the students, sending a thousand emails, doing all that fun stuff to, to make sure their students know about it.
0: Hi, you're listening to The Classroom and Culture Podcast from Epic Media Partners, where we go deep on all things faith, culture, creativity, tech, and innovation as they relate to education and learning. Please see the show notes for additional info and details discussed in today's podcast. Hey, you guys. Monroe here. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of the Classroom and Culture Podcast. While we're all uh, quarantining, if that's a word, uh, we thought we'd address some things we at Epic Media Partners have seen and heard in the media and in conversations with the educators and schools we work alongside of regarding the recent COVID-19 related events, effects, trends, and a solution we can offer schools for remote learning. Joining our host, Mike Zavada, and I today in panel form will be the following guests. First up is Charles White. Charles is currently Managing Director in the Fixed Income Capital Markets Division of Stiefel Nicholas, a New York Stock Exchange broker-dealer, and has been in that position since the merger of Stern, AG, and Leach, Inc. uh, with and into Stiefel Financial Group. Additionally, and more importantly for us, Charles is our fearless leader and CEO here at Epic Media Partners, um, a role that is not for the faint of heart. Next up is Sarah Ann Elliott, who we affectionately refer to as Say. Along with our curriculum team, Say is our head curriculum content developer here at Epic and has a wealth of experience in this area, as well as a master's in divinity from Samford University. Next is Greg Amos. As Chief Technical Officer for Epic, Greg oversees all things technology and platform related. He has extensive experience building and maintaining platforms and has a deep passion to equip parents for the challenges their families face in today's digital age. Along with the great info our guests provide in this episode, we also talk about the remote learning solution which Epic offers that your school can take advantage of to get your students across the finish line to the end of the year, while we all adjust to this current crisis. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hey, guys, how are we doing? Good. You know what? What I would love to do before we actually dive in, I I would just love to throw out a couple of verses here to set the tone. I mean, I know we all know this. It's going to be okay. But I think it would be great to just kind of remind ourselves of a couple of things, and then I'll get out of the way. Is that cool? Is that cool with you, Mike? Sounds great. Monroe, go ahead. Okay. So, here we go. First verse I've got is, uh, and this is ESV, um, Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. All right, here we go. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love that verse. couple more here, and we know these, right? Psalms 112, 6 through 9. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. Your adversary right could be anything. He has distributed freely. We need to remember this. This sheds light on a good thing for us. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. So last couple, Isaiah 41:10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And the last one, and I won't quote it, but we know this, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication, right? And that's has peace that surpasses all understanding, which we have in the Lord as a fruit of the Spirit, right? So now I'll quit preaching and you guys jump in.
2: Oh, Monroe, that was fantastic to get this focused. We thought an emergency pod was well needed, uh, and so we gathered many folks on the EPIC team, to get together to bring their expertise to school leaders going through these trials and uh, to provide support. And uh, last week, Charles Monroe and I were with 40 uh, or 60 school leaders, uh, Christian school leaders in Monterey, California, and they were all checking their phones to see uh, what was going on with Corona and whether their schools were going to shut down. And uh, God made that time beautiful for us, and we learned a lot. And then we came back this week and unscathed, but we came back and a new normal came. And so we're bringing these folks together, and we're going to start with uh, Say and then Charles and and Greg, and we're going to have them introduce themselves. Uh, But we're going to hopefully serve, continue what we did in Monterey by serving school leaders with this podcast. And would you go ahead, Say, and introduce yourself?
3: Yeah, hey, thanks, Mike. This is Say, Sarah Ann Elliott, um, but I go by Say around here, and I am the head of curriculum development here at EPIC.
4: There we go. Thank you, Say. Good to hear your voice on a day like today. This is Charles White. I am uh, chief executive officer uh, of EPIC, and um, uh, I don't do a lot, though. The team does it all, and I think you'll hear more about it in this brief podcast. And my name is greg amos i'm the chief technology officer for epic media and
1: uh, my responsibility is just to make sure that all the nerdy stuff gets done and gets done
2: promptly. well we brought this team together to give different vantage points on this corona virus issue and what it's doing to schools and our partners and uh, so we're going kind to of come from the lens of those who work closely with students Those who work with the technology that's the new normal now with Zoom calls and learning management platforms, and then obviously, in addition to the coronavirus and what that did to the economy, we had a major uh, meltdown in the oil industry, and uh, Charles' great financial background will uh, give us uh, perspective into that. But we'll start with, say, and uh, really start with who we consider the biggest priority, the students in this uh, the, in this world and in, in our nation and and how we can help them and and say's perspective on the week that was this past week.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Mike. I mean, you know, really, as we've seen, the world is a vastly different place than it was last week, and um, a lot of these kids um, have not lived through any sort of crisis. You know, they were too young in two thousand eight when the world fell apart. They don't remember Katrina. They weren't alive for nine eleven. Um, this is really the first big crisis that they've ever been a part of. And um, taking that into account with them, really understanding that um, they are fearful, they're uncertain, they're sad, they don't understand why they can't hang out with their friends. Um, you know, I work with our uh, one of our local uh, youth groups here in Birmingham, and we have kids who... Um, Whose parents have um, jobs that are uncertain? We have kids who are in public schools and private schools, and um, some of their siblings are are working on uh, e learning stuff right now, and um, they are out of school because they have to take a breath. Their, their schools aren't ready for weren't ready as the rest of the world wasn't for what was going on. And so, really, um, I've been thinking about what is going on really in their heads, um, in their hearts. We know that the heart and the head is. Um, integrally connected and so um, what are they thinking what are they feeling especially in teenagers um, thoughts really are feelings and feelings are thoughts for them and so um, we know they're emotional right now we know that um, they need strength and that they need the reminder that um, even though their parents may not even know what's going on right now and it's an uncertain time for them that um, this is not an uncertain time for God And um, there is nothing new under the sun. Um, God is sovereign, and he promises us his presence. And um, I think a thing I'm seeing a lot with kids right now is that they think this is a little bit of a vacation. And, um, you know, that they can just hang tight for a second and this will all blow over. But reminding them um, that the same, you know, spirit of God who rose Jesus from the grave thousands of years ago is moving and living and active today. And so encouraging them um, not to be timid and fear, but to really rely on the strength of the Lord and to know um, that they can use this time rather than being paralyzed by fear or uncertainty. Um, they can use this time to really serve the Lord and really serve one another.
2: And Charles, the markets and, and all that going on?
4: Yes. You know, um In watching this closely, and and I have really 37 years of working in banking and in the financial markets, um, and in watching this closely, I got reminded of Winston Churchill's famous quote a long time ago, uh, which is really more true today than it was even then. That quote was, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. Uh, and Winston had never heard of the Internet, um, but he foretold it there. Uh, and really, it is more along the lines of fear, um, because fear here is is traveling a lot faster than the truth. And you see that nowhere more readily available uh, than in the financial markets. Um, as a result of that, things are getting distorted um, and relationships are uh, getting wiped out uh, that were previously very reliable relationships. And, uh, and that is really just evidence of the amount of fear that is contained in the uncertainty. And, you know, in, in working with the uh, people that I know in that arena, when they ask me questions, um, you know, I, I really tell them two things. One is, is that uh, we need, do need to remember that God is in control and that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. You know, the rest of that verse is a spirit of love, and one translation calls it a sound mind. And so that's what that's what gets lost here, is people lose their perspective and they lose their sound thinking. And it results in, in things that uh, would not normally go on uh, in more rational times. And so it's so important, it's what I tell them, it's so important to remember the fundamental truths in the financial markets, which is actually a truth, uh, a a spiritual truth as well, that um, we can easily, we as believers and we as people working with kids and teaching kids and helping kids, we can quickly be pulled into uh, uh, forgetting the truth. I don't even say believing a lie, I just wanna say forgetting the truth because you get your eyes on your circumstances. And, uh, and so, again, nowhere else is it more apparent than in the financial markets, but we're all dealing with it here. And so what we're trying to do is, uh, is remind people of the truth because they're going to get reminded of the fear every day. And, uh, and that's my wish here is that we can use technology that Winston Churchill could not even envision, but use the technologies available for us today so that the truth will get around the world. Uh, and will counteract the fear that the lie engenders.
2: And you mentioned technology. Greg, this is definitely for people that are knee-deep and well-versed in technology, this is definitely an amazing time. And maybe some of the stuff that you have been uh, predicting is coming full circle. What what was the week like for you as you look through your lens?
1: It's been pretty interesting from a tech perspective to see Um, I hate using the term paradigm shift because it's so cliche, but it's applicable here uh, because we've got a lot of instances where schools that have been doing things a certain way for uh, the better part of, you know, a century, give or take, um, are now having to really sit and think, okay, our students aren't going to physically be in the building um, for the next who knows how long, Um, a lot of them thinking at least through the end of the semester, so Um, In that sense, you still have high school seniors that still have to graduate on time. You still have um, junior high kids that are getting ready to go into high school and still need critical material delivered to them so that they can progress. Um, We still need teachers to be able to interact with their students. We still need um, a method for uh, the information that we need to or that we're trying to essentially download into our children over the course of 12 to 13 years uh, to, to be uninterrupted. Um, so, and for, for any parents that may be listening to the podcast, rest assured that the educators that, that you rely on and that you, um, trust with your, with your children, um, are working very, very hard, um, with folks like us, um, and with their IT departments and with the, the big brains in their organization, um, to make sure that your, that your kids have. What they need, and that they're still being educated and still learning, and uh, all that stuff. So it's it's been really interesting to see technologies that have been implemented for the better part of a decade in the professional world and in the corporate world. Um, the those same technologies are now being looked at um, and analyzed for use um, in the in the education space. So if for for a tech geek like me, it's a it's a really exciting time, despite all the the fear and craziness of of everything that's going on around us. So um, I'm the perpetual silver lining guy anyway. So this is, this
0: just feeds into that for me. Hey, that's why you're here, buddy.
2: And Monroe, um, you uh, transcend all these areas and uh, being in the music industry, you know how the music will follow these great, uh, like the 1960s, that peace and love movement spurred on a whole movement of music. I was interested in what you would think about this, this time period.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the things that I'm kind of drawn to are the kind of off the beaten path like stats and things that we hear about this. Like, for instance, just uh, this morning, I was hearing something about we're all quarantined here, right? Uh, hence all the different noises and, and audio issues that are going on. But um, supposedly in nine months, we're going to see a baby boom. And then 13 years after that, we're going to have the quarantine generation. Are you kidding me? So, Yeah, Generation Q. So as nutty as all those things sound, you know, they're interesting to me. And I would say along those lines, too, being kind of in your house, having some alone time and doing some of the things that we, we're needing to, to do here in this environment if you're at all creative, man, rock your creative side. I think we're going to see music come out of this. I really do. And different things in the arts. So you never know what God's going to do with this time. There's never been a better time to write a book. Amen. Yeah.
2: But um, you, we mentioned schools and schools and students are our focus. And um We had the opportunity, Greg and I, last night to do a long conference call, Zoom call with a a group out of uh, Canada, and um, I thought it was very poignant in the way of what schools are dealing with right now and what they're trying to wrap their minds around. Greg, you want to share a little bit about that call from last night?
1: Yeah, so the gist of it was basically um, their needs to be able to provide a conduit Um, for their curriculum, and not just for their curriculum, but for their teacher interaction um, with their students. Um, So what we talked about was giving them a platform or giving them throughout, through the Epic platform, giving them a place where they could take uh, the curriculum and material and uh, supporting content and flavor that their teachers um, have already built and developed for their classes, um, and just basically give them a, a space where they could put that, and a space where their students could then access it. Um, And while at the same time, um, consulting with them and giving them a means to continue interacting with their students. Um, And and in some cases, like right now, um, we're doing uh, this podcast or part of this podcast through a Zoom call, right? So we're talking with this school and with others um, on how to integrate technologies like that with uh, the Epic Learning management system, uh, or with uh, Google Hangouts, or, or other services, p- helping them kind of piece together the technology puzzle um, to where they can to where they can deliver essentially a classroom experience for their students without having to bring together a group of ten or more students. Um, which in Canada, right? I think Canada last night he said they're down to a quarantine, or not a quarantine, but a, they're down to uh, 50 maximum, 50 people maximum for gatherings. So that quickly affects schools and churches and things like that. So um, it was a really interesting conversation.
2: He also said that they feel like they're 30 days behind the states in uh, their um, planning and and the virus creeping over there. And he said they are almost certain to be out through the semester.
0: Due to recent events, we understand you might be a school that's scrambling to complete the year without students being able to even set foot in a classroom. With no way to efficiently distribute the year's remaining lesson plans, resources, and assignments, it could be difficult to get your students across the finish line. What you need is a complete, remote learning solution, and we are here to help. Epic is not only a way for you to deliver your curriculum online, but it's a complete learning platform. Through our learning management system and student app, your school can pick up right where you left off. You can plan out your class by unit and lesson like you normally would, and within each day's lesson, you can customize that day's activities by uploading any class notes and resources, including video, PDF, or website link. Then create a task for students to complete the assignment or homework for that day. Once students complete their assignment, you can view all their submissions for that task in one place, where you can also provide direct feedback. And whatever you do on the LMS, that immediately shows up on the student app. We would love to be your remote learning solution. You can contact us by emailing our manager of school engagement Tyler Young at tyyoung at epic2.com. That's T Y Y O U N G at epic2.com. Or call 833 GO EPIC2. That's 833 GO EPIC2. So,
2: uh, the other things that I heard from that group uh, and the head of school that school leaders may be going through is financial concerns. Like, if the kid students aren't in school, will parents leave and say, we're not paying for the rest of the semester? And I know from looking at budgets, the havoc that that would do to a school budget. Um, the other thing is the teachers. Um, you know, some of them are early adopters and very comfortable with this and may have wanted to have their classes go hybrid a long time ago where they meet some and then, work from remote on a platform like Epic, uh, often, but then the, the principal or the head of school was sharing that he has some 20 year veteran teachers and beyond, uh, that are more experienced in teaching, but less experienced in technology that would not readily adopt a remote learning platform using technology. So, um, with all of these things going through the minds of how to best deliver uh, curriculum, how to best keep these relationships. That's the one thing that we hear throughout and that you're seeing on social media. All the astute school leaders are saying, how do we keep great relationships with our students if we can't be in the same room with them?
1: And um, one, of the, one of the things that we actually talked to them about last night or the, one of the key points really was helping them or – helping them to build an experience for those teachers that may be tech averse or just may not be comfortable using technology um, to make it as as easy for them content-wise and as seamless for them content-wise as we possibly could uh, to change the teaching experience for them as little as as we possibly can
2: yeah i think uh, schools are weighing where they need to be on the spectrum from Xeroxing worksheets, I also almost use the word mimeographed worksheets, and handing them out at curbside delivery in hazmat suits to um, getting on a platform and doing Zoom calls and weighing all that. And each school probably is going to be somewhere in uh, that spectrum. As I reached out to schools this week and offered assistance and offered Epic's help um, that's what they were looking at um, this week. So um, let's go let's go back to say say, what do you think families are going through this week?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we know that this is affecting again every part of every family um, from parents who have to stay home now to take care of younger kids to, high school seniors who, um, again, don't know if they're, they're going to walk at their graduation, they're going to probably miss prom, they're going to miss all of these things that they have looked forward to. Um, so I feel like there's a there's a bunch of bummed out kids right now. And um, again, they want to connect with one another, and they want to be able to do their normal lives. And a big part of that, you know, has been, has been disrupted. And so I think the way that families, you know, one thing that we always ask ourselves as we're writing lessons, as we're doing our curriculum is um, how are we equipping kids? How are we equipping students to participate in God's redemptive mission in this world? And so as we have kids at home, you know. Encouraging parents to ask that same question of, "Hey, how, how will we use this time to equip our families to participate in that redemptive mission in the world?" Um, I feel like this week, uh, in the midst of so much uncertainty and um, just unknown of how long, you know, this will really last, um, I feel like there's probably a lot of paralysis in families. Of, all right, we can. Um, you know, we've all seen the school schedules that uh, families have been trying to uh, churn out and everything. And, um, of course, we know that routine for kids is highly important. So seeing that, sticking to routine um, is highly important. But acknowledging, you know, there does need to be some time to heal and grieve um, this time of unknown. And to be really, you know, for kids to acknowledge before the Lord, um, to humble themselves before the Lord and saying, I don't know what you're doing and I don't know what your plan is, um, but I'm here to listen and I acknowledge your power. And so I think we see a lot of grief right now um, and a lot of need to just um, hang tight for a second before we really jump into what life might look like um, for the next um, weeks, months, Mm. you know, cultivating resiliency almost with our kids.
2: And, And Charles, that fear of the unknown that fear of the unknown applies to finances especially right now can you comment on when when we've gone through historic downturns like this maybe some of the issues that families face and and making bad decisions because of the fear um, and maybe the implications that will have on schools especially private schools and christian school enrollments
4: yeah, you know, um, really, there there are some uh, uh, reasonable comparisons to this. Uh, when you think back, you'll think of 9-11. Uh, you'll think of uh, potentially the, the financial crises in 2008, uh, neither of which are really good parallels. Um, uh, you know, uh, there are stark differences with the two, you know, 9 event being a, uh, an event. Um Uh, However, job creation heading into 9-11 was much weaker than it was uh, heading into February of of 2020. Um, So we find job creation and and incomes of people generally uh, in North America, the United States and Canada both, um, you know, went into this in fairly good shape. However, uh, the downturn in certain industries, Uh, is going to far surpass that of 9-11. In 9-11, hotels and hospitality uh, institutions of all kinds, restaurants uh, as well, uh, suffered fairly dramatically from a lack of travel, but that travel was really more air travel. Uh, It didn't, you know, we actually saw an increase in automobile travel for vacations and things. So um, now, however, you know, regardless of the mode of transport, the the uh, business and jobs at uh, restaurants and hotels uh, is going to be dramatically affected. Marriott is going to lay off about 70% of their staff. Um, In the larger cities, um, most uh, restaurant, you know, large restaurant operations are going to lay off somewhere around 80%. Um, This will be mitigated by the fact that most cities will have restrictions that only involve on-site service, not takeout. So that'll help some. But you're looking at about 30 days or so, maybe a little bit longer, of interruption in income. Again, we're fortunate it comes at a time where U.S. job creation has been very strong, unemployment rate of 3.5%, which is a 50-year low. But... Uh, You've also got somewhere in the range of 40% of America that does not have much, if any, cash reserves. Um, that's what you see the government jumping in to try to alleviate. The good news is is that, yes, politically it's very expedient for the governor to try to, government to try to be looked upon as a savior here. Uh, so they're going to get money into the pockets of people in, in the United States. Canada's going to do the same thing, maybe not on a quite as big a scale. Coming out of this, though, you're reminded of Robert Ludlum's line in his long-ago book, The Hawcroft Covenant, that nothing is as it was for you, um, that we're going to see fairly major changes to how people do things uh, coming out of this. Some of the obvious ones are, with Delta Airlines cutting 80% of their international capacity, they're not going to go back to 100, uh, maybe not in several years. Uh, that's kind of an obvious one there are a lot of less obvious ways. Um, but, uh, but the good news is is this is different from the 2008 financial crisis in that the job losses by and large will not be permanent on a big scale. And it's happening at a time where you're going to see a lot of, um, foreign sourced things, be it manufacturing, pharmaceuticals, whatever that's coming back over here. It may be Mexico and Canada, and the U.S. and not just the U.S., but it's coming back from overseas. And so I think at the end of this, you know, shock here that we're going through right now, uh, you know, it's probably a quick restoration of normal times for 80 to 90% of American families, maybe more, um, but the money from the government is it intended to alleviate things like we're talking about, a cessation of tuition payments, and a real hardship thing where you're not just cutting back on luxuries, but you're cutting back on something as essential as school.
2: Well, that has a circle back around to Monroe and Greg and then also say with curriculum. But this new normal changes everything for schools and how they deliver courses. And uh, Epic would be a great opportunity to step into that void I had a friend of mine call from uh, Nashville, she had a friend in in Orlando that posted, hey does anybody know a great Bible curriculum that you can do online or the kids can access from their phones while we're away and uh, we, we got the ticket for them, but Greg why don't you talk a little bit about how Epic might step into that void for schools who are trying to wrap their heads around remote learning.
1: Well, the biggest thing that it does for them is it takes a lot of the, the guesswork and the experimenting and, and trial and error out of the picture. Um, and then I'll go back to the school that we talked to last night. They were experimenting with a couple of different combinations of Google Classrooms and Zoom and a handful of other technologies um, just to get the content into the hands of their students, not necessarily uh, for student interaction. Um and for us, or from our, from our perspective, um, giving them a platform that's already ready built and that's intuitive for their teachers to uh, pick up and use. Uh, it, it, you know, it, in in the software industry and in IT in general, one of the biggest obstacles to the success of any project in an organization is user adoption, right? And and keeping that learning curve as flat as possible. Um, in a lot of cases, a lot of these products are going to appear and are going to come across as completely alien to anything that they've done um, up to this point. For us, though, because everything's structured around a curriculum outline um, and everything's set up in such a way to where uh, the materials presented to the student in incremental bites, um, it allows the teacher to kind of seamlessly transition um, their schedule and their material, um, and then be able to, to customize that material on the fly. Um, while not at the, while at the same time, not overwhelming them or, or not making them feel like they're drinking from a fire hose to pick up a product that from their perspective, maybe they only need it for the next three, four months. Um, you know, and maybe not, I mean, maybe there's a, there's an ongoing, uh, fit for, for Epic and Epic material in these schools. And we'd, we'd love that. And we'd love to, to have the opportunity to do that. Um, But right now in the crisis, I mean, they're looking at, okay, what do we do for for the rest of the semester? Um, And they're having to make these decisions in sometimes a week, sometimes two weeks. Um, It's a pretty quick turnaround. Um, we're actually kind of lucky that spring break fell where it did.
2: Yeah. I want to Um, turn it over to Monroe on that point. Monroe was uh, one of the linchpins in designing many courses. He also has, um, with a song lever project, great insights into project based or problem based learning that kids can do from remote. And I'd just love to hear, um, your thoughts on that Monroe on how Epic can step in and give our expertise to schools
0: basically our whole thing centers around engaging students that's what we want to do we really want to engage them and we we want to present our material in a way that's relevant to them and speaks their language and we are set up to accommodate that in an online way because kids are on their phones constantly already right so we have uh, project-based learning activities we have PBL that's incorporated into our lessons one Mike that you mentioned was you know we have a mini course called arts and entertainment and within that we walk kids through uh, as consumers and creators of the things that we consume today and we create in entertainment, asking questions about what's edifying, what's not edifying in light of scripture. And then at the end, we have a PBL activity where these kids can actually write a song and record a song in groups, in epic groups, and that can be uploaded to their school's feed. And all of these things are a lot of fun while they learn. But as far as everybody kind of piecing together their method of getting their materials out. Somebody might be using Zoom, and somebody might be using uh, Google and all these different things. We'd like to say that we can complement those. Like, if you still want to meet together using Zoom or Skype or whatever, you can do that. But we have the capability of actually allowing kids to access documents. Uh, Teachers can upload uh, notes, custom notes, that they've made in class around these different things. Students and teachers can upload multimedia, so you can do videos and you can do pictures and memes and all these different things along with your resources. So I think the Epic solution can be a really great complement to these other things, if not a standalone. Uh, But Greg, I was going to ask you, could you possibly just simply walk us through a scenario, say a teacher's got a class and she's like, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot. I need to upload this or that. What might that look like for a teacher?
1: Yeah, so the perfect example was uh, just the other day. So I was talking to a teacher friend of mine here in town and we were talking about Epic and, um, you know, came to the conversation or came to the part of the conversation of, okay, well, I've got 20 different pieces of external material that aren't in my student's textbook that I'd like to get in front of them as a supplement to the lesson for the day, so to speak. Right. And, and this teacher, um, is a little, is a little more loose structurally than than some that I've talked to and their lesson plans typically aren't ready to go until two or three days before, um, the class is actually delivered. But I showed him in three steps, basically how he can take external video material, um, a recorded experiment that he'd done, um, it, this is a science teacher and he basically recorded an experiment that he put together himself, um, and showed him how he can just push that and then push that into the lesson plan for the day. Um, in five minutes, have that content in front of a student. So it's, it's, it's set up in such a way to where that content is instantly delivered. Um, the stu- it's right in front of the student's face and the teacher doesn't have to go through 500 hoops, um, notifying the students, sending a thousand emails, doing all that fun stuff to. To make sure their students
0: know about it and you can see how that process would actually allow teachers to get their students over the finish line right for the end of the exactly right And and we talked
1: say talked about it a little bit earlier um about kind of the confusion and the things that are happening in the family right now one of the things that from from my point of view that this helps with is helping families kind of maintain that rhythm of school um, and it, it empowers the teacher, it empowers the teacher in the school to be able to help facilitate that day, five day a week rhythm of feeding content and feeding material
2: to, to the students. Well, we're almost out of time. I just want to close with some great practice for teachers and school leaders as they're designing online, whether it be on Epic's platform or cobbling together Google Classroom or Zoom there's four basic keys and this comes from the Global Online Academy Um, first it's all about the relationships and you have to understand a lot say talked a lot about this you have to understand where the students are coming from okay what their expectations are be great to survey them on a little Google form as to gain insight on where they are coming into this learning process all right uh, second, you're not going to get to all the content that you would in the classroom, and, and maybe that, a lot of that's good. It's going to look a l- lot different, um, so it really makes faculty prioritize what they have to do the next few months. Third, assessments look a lot different online. What I love about the Epic platform, there are ways to uh, send memes. As as the think about the higher level that you have to get to to get to a mean a critical thinking satire, uh, that's a contribution. There are videos that you can contribute uh, as an assessment as well as written statements. Um, so assessments will look different in an online learning. And finally, balance. It would be impossible online for a student to get to all five, seven, eight of their classes in a day. You really need to take down uh, component parts. And what I am really excited about is I see schools putting community service opportunities on as assignments and where they can meet, obviously keeping social distance, but a lot of students are going out into communities in safe ways, maybe just uh, doing a garden project with their family and that's being assigned. So it's keeping a healthy balance between screen time, Athletic time, artistic, creative time, and service time. And, and for us, uh, of course, uh, hopefully central to that will be some time in scripture and devotional, such as which uh, Say Creates for the platform.
4: All right. Anything
2: else for the good of the order?
4: No, I think all I would add is that this too shall pass. But I do think that it will change how we have to look at learning and how we have to look at, uh, at communication of complex data, you know, not just person-to-person communication. Um, but we are blessed that technology has advanced to where it is. Had this happened, uh, you know, 20 years ago with SARS uh, in the early 2000s, uh, we wouldn't be able to do all of this. And, uh, and so that's a real blessing uh, that it's come at this time. All right. And I
2: would also recommend to school leaders out there, Harvard Business Review just put out an article about how business will change and and by definition, schools will change due to the pandemic and a really interesting read especially about how we have to trust our teams. Many of you are realizing how much trust you need to invest in your teachers. All
0: right. right. Thanks. Thanks you guys so much. This was great. Thanks guys. This was enjoyable. If you thought today's episode was enlightening, please pass the word. The Classroom and Culture Show can be heard on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, to become a regular listener and receive additional info, please subscribe on your favorite platform today. That's Classroom and Culture from Epic Media Partners. Thanks.